Welcome to Empowered Radio. I am your host, Emma Montgomery, an online nutrition and fitness coach and creator of Shred Within. Each week, we'll talk all things nutrition, training, and mindset. You'll be able to take my tips and strategies and apply what you learn to see results with both your body and your mind. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. This episode of Empowered Radio is brought to you by Spring. Spring is a platform that I use to run all of my programs and is perfect for any coach looking to have their own fitness app. Use code EMMA250 for $250 off your own app or schedule a demo with their team at springapp.com. That's S-P-R-N-G-A-P-P.com. What is up, y'all? Welcome back. As promised, we are going to start the episode with a review of the week, and it is from Jennifer Hellickson. And it says, M has a great way of breaking down complex topics into easy-to-understand tidbits. Her advice is simple, straightforward, and easy to implement. I particularly like her unbiased approach. She gives smart, sustainable steps for helping you reach your goals. A must-listen, whether you're just learning the ropes when it comes to macros or if you're looking to up your game with greater accuracy. So thank you, Jennifer, for the amazing review. If you will, email me at macroswithm at yahoo.com. We will get you a shirt sent out. So thank you again for everyone who left a review um, and who has shared the podcast on social media. Again, I know I say it over and over, but I do appreciate you guys so much because that is how the podcast truly grows and reaches more people. Um, so let's go ahead and dive into today's episode where we are going to talk about training. So, um, we're going to talk about a few things, really home versus gym and, um, transitioning from home to gym. If you are somebody who either has been working at at home for a while or has never made it to a gym and then mistakes that I see made most often with your workouts. So, Let's just start with home versus gym, um, because this is a question I got just the other day. If working out at home is as effective as working out at the gym, and I will say 100% it is. Now, there is um, a part we'll get to in just a second where you're going to have to graduate (laughs) to something more challenging in terms of the stimulus and the novelty with your training. But if you are um, brand new to weight training, especially for those of you that are brand new to weight training, um, working out at home can be super effective. If, if you're someone who also is maybe you're working at the gym and you're forced to work out at home now, um, you can still make your workouts extremely effective working out at home. So don't think just because you're working out at home that you're not going to get a good training session in. I can speak from experience here when COVID first hit and the gym shut down and I was actually just starting my cut for my photo shoot. So of course I freaked out a little bit because um, naturally when you are cutting um, and you're trying to lose a little bit of weight and you know, you're working with limited time, I wanted to still be in the gym working out because I knew that that would be the most effective for me. Um, But that did not, you know, 
deter me from working out period. So I know some people, um, when COVID first hit, they're like, Oh, I'm not going to get a good workout. So I'm just not going to do anything at home. Screw it. I did not do that. I did, um, have, or I do have a decent amount of equipment at home though. Um, dumbbells. And then I have a full resistance band kit and booty bands. So, um, I will say the first few days that I worked out at home, I was so sore just because it was a different stimulus than I was getting from the gym. So um, things that you can do while you're at home in terms of making your workouts really effective. Um, Obviously, like I said, I suggest, you know, having some weight. So some dumbbells, um, resistance bands are great, especially for areas um, like your back that are harder to hit with, you know, because when you think about at the gym, like cable machines, you do a lot with cables for your back. Um, so that's great. I know um, I have resistance bands I can link in the show notes for you guys if you're um, not familiar, if you need a set, um, but I'll link those for y'all. But that that's something that I always use um, when I even write out home workouts or resistance bands. If you don't have any weights at home, no worries. You can do body weight and make it challenging. Again, the resistance bands, um, you can, they literally hook like through the crack of a door. You can take them with you when you travel. Those are super handy. If you do not have those and you work out at home, I highly suggest investing in those. They're not expensive. Um, But other things that you can do are just adding like books and laundry detergent, anything that's got a little bit of weight to it into like a backpack and wearing that around. Um, Like you can put that on your back or your chest when you're doing squats or lunges to add some weight. Other things that you can do are, you know, adding different tempos and pulses and pauses, um, things like that to squats or, you know, even doing static movements. Um, Unilateral work is uh, more helpful because it's a little more challenging. So things like that will make home workouts more challenging than just doing, you know, 10 squats. If you're doing 10 squats, it has like a pulse of like three. So when you squat down, you're going one, two, three. That's going to burn a little more um, in your quads and your glutes than it is if you're just doing a bodyweight squat. Um, Now, if you are someone that's working at home and you had them for a while, you're going to find at some point that there's not enough at home to challenge you like you need to be challenged. So you'll have to graduate to a gym. So um, when you think about, you know, getting into a gym, obviously there is a ton more of equipment. There's a lot more weight, um, you know, weights available, but there's also with the equipment, you're able to lift more because you have more support. So, you know, think about like a Smith machine. You can probably squat heavier at the gym with a Smith machine than you can at home, even if you had more weights at home, just because it's harder to get, you know, a bunch of weights racked up and thrown up over your head if you're, especially if you're pulling it from the floor, if you don't have a squat rack at home. So just different things that are going to make workouts more effective, more challenging, and give you more to grow with. Um, I know for me personally, I weight trained at home for right about a year before I outgrew what I had and needed to um, graduate to a gym. So, and you'll know when you're there, like it's one of those that you can only like increase your reps so many. Um, 
if you don't have enough weight to work with. So if you're somebody who you're, you know, getting to that point where you feel like you're graduating from what you're doing and it's probably time to step up your game um, in terms of moving, you know, onto a gym and you're able to to go to a gym and work out, I highly suggest it. Even if um, you have to like split your week and do, you know, two or three days at the gym and a couple days at home, it's still going to be worth it. Um, even doing like your leg days at the gym will make a huge difference. So now for um, actually transitioning from home to a gym. So I wanted to talk about a couple of things that I'm going to talk about in here because my sister-in-law actually brought this up and was talking about how she is going to be joining a gym and she was a little nervous about it. And so um, I was kind of sharing with her my story of when I first joined a gym. And we'll talk about that in just a second because it's kind of funny. But um, let's just talk logistics really quick of when you're switching from home workouts to gym workouts. So whether it's your first time in a gym ever or um, say you're just getting back to the gym after a few or even several months because of COVID, you are not going to want to go in there guns a blazing. So I would almost treat your first week in the gym, um, again, whether it's your first week ever or your first week back after a while off, as a deload week. So a deload week, for those of you that do not know what it is, Uh, It's simply a week where you're reducing your volume and intensity in your workout. So um, typically, let's just say like if you are somebody that does like four sets of 10, you could cut that down to, you know, keep the same weight that you've been lifting and maybe cut it down to like three sets of seven to eight or um, four sets of, you know, six to eight. You're basically, again, reducing your overall volume and intensity slightly. Um, and you'll know when you need a deload week in terms of if you're lifting heavy enough, you're going to need a week to allow your body to recover slightly before a new training program starts. Um, if you're somebody who has never had a deload week or never, you know, felt like you needed one, then chances are you are not lifting heavy enough and challenging yourself enough to need one. So that's something totally different to think about and consider. Um, and we can talk about on a whole different podcast, but for the purpose of this, um, that first week that you're in the gym, treating it almost like a deload week and just really reducing the volume and intensity. So again, if you're somebody who, um, is brand new to getting in the gym, I would not suggest if you're used to doing like four sets of 10 of everything and you're going into the gym again, (laughs) you don't want to go in guns a blazing, like I said, Um, but just maybe knock it down to like three sets of 10, just, you know, reduce the the volume just slightly because you don't want to go in there and get so sore from your first session that you have to take the rest of the week off to recover um, and then like start over again. So it's much easier to go in and reduce intensity and volume just a little bit so that you're not setting yourself up for failure, so to speak, um, in that first week. So that's what I suggest first and foremost, when you're transitioning from home to gym in terms of your intensity and volume, that way you don't overdo it in week one. Um, so now the big thing that most people uh, worry about, which 
I can say like from personal experience, this was the thing I worried about more than anything um, is joining a gym and like being brand new to it and like just low key freaking out. Um, Gym intimidation is real. So I will tell you, and a lot of people don't believe this about me, but when I first joined a gym, because I go now and I just walk in like I own the place, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I'm just kind of like blinders on, you know, I'm nice and I speak to people, but I'm just saying like, I go in and get my stuff done and, and move on. And like, I don't, um, you know, worry about the things I did when I first joined a gym. Now, when I first joined a gym, I would not even go into the gym by myself to sign up. So I made my sister Jessica go with me and (laughs) oh my God, I'll never forget this. I, I literally sat in the parking lot till she could get there made her go in with me, signed up, and then I would not go work out unless she could go. So when I first joined a gym, it was, um, I had competed in my first bikini competition. And the very first one I ever did was when I followed the um, meal plan and I did home workouts and all that good jazz. From that, I wanted to, you know, turn things up a notch. So that's when I started counting macros. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to join a gym. I need more challenging weights. And um, I had a trainer that wrote my workout program for me. So I was just all set and ready to go. So joined the gym, wouldn't go in by myself, wouldn't go work out by myself um, (laughs) because I was just terrified. I don't know. Like I have extreme anxiety about going to places I've never been before by myself. I won't walk into a restaurant that I've never been into by myself. These these are all weird things that, again, people don't believe about me. Um, but yeah, I am like very introverted and I get anxiety about just crazy things like this. So if you can relate, just know that you're not alone. <laughs> but um, some things that I did to finally like just get my head out of my ass so I would go to the gym because, you know, like I said, I had a a competition I was prepping for. So I couldn't, if my sister couldn't go and then I, you know, it was knocking me out of going, um, it was just silly. I, I really needed to be at the gym. So some things that I did that helped me that might help you guys. The first one is just knowing, and I know this now, but I did not know this then. No one is watching what you're doing They don't care what you're doing. They're worried about what they're doing. And honestly, they're probably worried that somebody is watching them. So I know that we, or I did, um, always had this fear that like someone was watching me and they were like gonna make fun of me or like record me doing something stupid. And I was going to be on one of these, you know, like gym fail videos that you see on Instagram. So (laughs) that was like my biggest fear. Um, But I will say that that never happened or hasn't happened yet that I'm aware of. Um, But again, no one, just know that no one cares what you're doing. They're literally worried about what they're doing. So just, you know, go ahead and erase that from your mind. The second thing, and this one was huge for me, but it was being prepared and having a plan So before, when I first started working out, I just kind of did like whatever, whenever. Um, But then when I started a gym, I wanted a trainer to write my programming for me and have structured workouts that I I followed. Um, So I didn't have to think about anything or try to find a workout. So having a plan um, 
having structured workouts to follow, especially ones that allow for progression. So progressive overload um, and making sure that you review the workout beforehand. So I would always the night before just pull up the workout, look over what I was going to be doing the next day. So I was kind of familiar with like what area of the gym I'd be going to. And then um, if there was something, a workout in there or something that I wasn't familiar with, I would go ahead and the workouts, then I they didn't have like video demos for me and I'd have to Google it. But like for my clients and um, the clients in the shred, my membership clients, I have the video demo linked on the the workout name. So like they just have to click it and it takes them to a video demo of me doing the exercise. So again, reviewing the workouts and if there are videos that are attached to it, watching those so that you're familiar with what you're doing before you go It'll just make you feel better and more comfortable when you get in there. It also saves time so you're not like fumbling around in your phone and pulling up videos and um, trying to do that while you're trying to work out. The third thing is finding out what time is the least busy. Um, And if you're able to go in at that time, kind of go in and scope it out, walk around, just get familiar with the lay of the land, where things are, so you kind of know like, you know, where the cardio equipment is, where you know, the TRX machines are that kind of thing. Squat rack, Smith machines, just the basics, the logistics, just knowing where things are. I know that made me feel more comfortable. Again, I'm one of those people, like I said earlier, I get really, really bad anxiety about going to places or in places I've never been before. Um, If I feel like I'm going to get lost, I know that sounds silly to say get lost in a gym, but I just always... I have this fear that people are watching me like walk around and not know knowing, you know, where I'm going. So again, that was helpful for me. Um, the next one is just start by going in and doing like cardio or walking on the treadmill, basically just like getting the reps in of going to the gym. So like just physically getting there, even if you haven't worked up the courage to go lift weights or, or work out, the fact that you're actually getting yourself to the gym is a huge win in itself. So just get comfortable with, you know, checking the box and getting there. And while you're there, if you're walking on the treadmill, just kind of people watch so you can see like, you know, what people are doing. If it's using equipment that you're unfamiliar with, that way, again, you're just kind of, I don't want to say like, you know, getting practice, but again, like you're getting familiar with seeing other people, you know, do those movements and, and understanding how that equipment works. So again, these are things that help me. Um, and lastly, ask for help. It is literally their job. So whether you're working out in a small, like mom and pop gym, or you're at a planet fitness, like I go to the people at the gym that I go to are super nice, super helpful you could go ask any of them for help to, you know, if you don't know how to turn on the Stairmaster, if you don't know how to use a piece of equipment, if you don't know where a piece of equipment is, just ask for help. That is what they're, you know, paid for. And you would not believe, uh, too, how many people that are in the gym working out that if you were to just ask someone in there for help, they, I mean, I've never met anybody at the gym who, if I had to ask for help, they wouldn't help me. Um, So just know that people are far more helpful (laughs) than we want to give them credit for. And most people don't care to to offer a helping hand. You just have to ask. So 
Again, that's the biggest one is just ask for help if you don't know. Um, I think it's easy to get discouraged or want to throw in the towel if we don't know how to do something or we don't know how something works. Again, you know, talking about myself here because that's kind of how I'm wired. If I can't figure it out, I just want to give up. But asking for help is huge. Um, And then once you do it once after that, you're like, okay, that was totally not a big deal and you'll be fine. And that goes for just working out at the gym itself. So it's like one of those things that sounds so hard and so scary. And when you get in there and get your first workout in and when you're leaving, you're like, man, that wasn't bad at all. And then it's like after that, it just gets so much easier. And then it'll get to the point where it's like cheers and everybody knows your name and you just go in and you feel like you own the place. So again, everybody starts somewhere. Do not... um, Do not let it make you feel like you don't belong there because I know when I first started, again, I was terrified. And I know for those of you who see me now and it seems like, you know, I've worked out in a gym for like a billion years and I'm just so comfortable doing it. I was legit terrified when I first started working out in the gym. So just know that everyone starts somewhere. And I did not start going to the gym until I think it was 2015. So It's not been that long. Um, Yeah, so it's been like four and a half years, but I will I will say that I was um, it took me a long time to get started. So don't make the mistakes I did. (laughs) Now we're going to talk about um, mistakes that I see made most often in workouts. So the first one and I don't want to say it's the biggest one, but it might be the biggest one. So it's not following a smart training plan that allows for progression. So I see this probably more often than anything else. And it's because there is such an abundance of um, information on the Internet. When you go to Instagram, there are thousands of fitness influencers, um, that literally all they do is post daily workouts. So I see, especially with women, they will save somebody's workout and that's their daily workout. And the next day they save another workout and that's their daily workout and so on and so on. And that is great that you're getting movement in and something that you enjoy. Um, And I'm sure it's challenging, but at the same time, if you are doing something different every single day and you're not following a plan, that allows you to track your progression, you're leaving so much progress on the table. And this is where you will see women in particular that are, you know, they're, they've been doing eight pounds on a lateral raise for the last three years because they've never allowed themselves to work on progressing their weight or anything in a lateral rate. And, you know, that might be a bad example, a squat, you you know, maybe they've only been squatting 50 pounds. And again, it's because they're not doing it often enough to track their progression and grow their squats. So again, that goes for, for any workout. Now, when I say a smart training plan that allows for progression, I recommend following the same training plan for around four, could be up to six or eight weeks, but at least four weeks. Again, if you are um, not training hard enough that you need to have a deload week every, I would say, anywhere from four to eight weeks, depending on how new you are to training, then that's a sign that you are not 
training and lifting hard enough. So that's something to revisit. And again, if you're not following a plan that allows for progressive overload, then you're likely never going to need a deload week. And that's why. Um, Next up, and these are all kind of lumped together, it's um, chasing a calorie burn, chasing fatigue, exhaustion, or even soreness, and then not taking enough rest time between sets. So I see tons of workouts that are, um, and I love supersets. I do supersets in the majority of my workouts, and it's not because they're magical. Um, I enjoy them because they save time. (laughs) And so uh, depending on how the workout is structured, you can have supersets that have like antagonist muscle groups, so like chest and back, um, or you can have some that are like, you know, if you're working back and biceps, it might be that you do a back exercise supersetted with, you know, bicep curls. Um, either way, nothing is wrong with either of those. And I'm not saying anything is wrong with supersets. Um, what I'm saying is I see workouts that are, they might have a squat supersetted with burpees or some kind of like cardiovascular activity in between. Um, and you see, this is especially common with women and it's because they are, chasing this calorie burn, trying to keep their heart rate up super high so they can burn a ton of calories and they want to be dripping with sweat when they leave um, and just like literally exhausted. I can tell you the majority of the time when I lift weights, especially in the Planet Fitness because they have those big ass fans and literally like, yes, they are big ass fans, but like the brand is big ass fans, (laughs) but they're massive and it's all, I always freeze in there, but I almost never sweat unless I'm doing cardio. And so, and I'm not saying like sweating is a bad thing. I'm just saying it, I do not use the fact that I'm not sweating as, um, that's not a, a, a key to saying like it's a good or a bad or effective workout. So the fact that I'm not sweating doesn't mean it's not a good workout. Um, so just keeping that in mind that, you know, the fact that you're not sweating doesn't mean it's not a good workout. Yes, soreness is a sign that you've done something and you you pushed hard. Um, but typically after the first week or so in a new training block, that soreness is going to kind of dissipate and go away. The, that first week, you're going to be pretty sore just because it's it's different novelty, new stimulus. Um, but then after the first you know, week or so, you're probably not going to be as sore doing those same workouts because your body's getting more used to it. So just keep that in mind. So again, like I'm not saying soreness is a bad thing, um, but it's also not something that you need to be chasing where you're constantly sore all the time. Um, Same thing with fatigue. Again, those things aren't the key or a sign to a great or good effective workout. So with rest times in between sets, the one thing I'm going to say here is you don't want the um, the limiting factor in your workout to be the fact that you're gassed from cardio between sets. So you want the muscle group that you're working to be the limiting factor in your lift. So if you're doing squats, you want your quads being on fire and like your, you know, your quads and maybe your glutes screaming because you want that to be what stops you from doing any more reps, not the fact that you're, you know, out of breath because you were doing 
burpees or jump squats in between your sets to keep your heart rate up or because you only rested for 15 seconds and then you jump back under the bar and you're trying to squat more. So again, taking enough rest time in between so that you allow your heart to come back to baseline, you're not panting and, you know, dying in between sets, giving yourself, I would say on compound movements like squats, deadlifts, uh, presses, so chest press, shoulder press, things like that. Um, I would say anywhere from one to three minutes, again, depending on how heavy you're going and you'll know again, if you're like really out of breath, like you're not going to want to jump back under, um, the bar to squat. And again, this goes back to the supersets earlier. Yes, supersets are great, but the compound lifts in the beginning of your training, or they should be structured in the beginning of your training. Um, I probably wouldn't superset all of those things. So you might have some of your compound lifts that are just those single movements. That way you're able to give yourself rest time, adequate rest time in between. That way, again, the limiting factor in your lift isn't the fact that you're out of breath and it's a cardio issue. It's more that your your legs are just like really filling the squats. So this goes back to um, as well why people have trouble progressing in their workouts. So if you think about going back to squats again, um, if you were doing, we'll say four sets of 10, and your first set you did 10 reps and you did some jump lunges in between there, didn't take a, you know, maybe you took a full minute rest, but 30 seconds of that was doing jump lunges. And then you rest for 30 seconds and you go back to your squats. Maybe on your second attempt, you only get eight reps. Go back, do more jump lunges, come back. Maybe you only get seven reps on the next. So you see you're you're not progressing. You're actually regressing. Regre- is that a word? Declining. <laughs> you're, um, you're not making progress in your lifts because doing cardio in between, trying to keep your heart rate up. So it makes no sense because the purpose of the weight training is to actually progress the movement that you're working on and strength and either, you know, increasing your reps, increasing your weight, whatever that looks like. So again, for um, progress there and, and progressive overload, that's the biggest mistake that I see people make is they're trying to like superset and do some kind of cardio in between because they're chasing a calorie burn or keep, you know, trying to keep their heart rate up, um, chasing that sweat and fatigue, or they're not giving themselves enough rest time in between. So I know that's kind of a long winded way around that, but that is, um, one of the biggest mistakes that I see in people not progressing in their training. So if you are someone who is struggling with your, um, your workouts, maybe you are, Guilty, and I've done this before too, guys, of saving the workout of the day from your favorite influencer or several, you know, favorite influencers. Um, and you notice that you're not progressing or you've never tracked your progress, period. I'm going to link in the show notes the, um, the Empowered Elite monthly membership. That's my monthly membership, 20 bucks a month. I do provide uh, home workouts, gym workouts, and home workouts for people that have limited equipment so that um, they are just body weight and resistance bands. And um, so if you're somebody who needs help with your training, I'm going to link that in the show notes for you guys. 
And um, we just started a 30-day accountability challenge called the Empowered 30. And this is just a super fun challenge for the month of November um, where we have different things going on each week, different challenges and prizes and just fun stuff to keep people motivated um, during a time of the year where most people struggle with motivation to work out and track food and do the things that they know they should do. So again, I'll link that for y'all in the show notes for you to check out. But that is all I have for you today. So again, I appreciate you guys so much for tuning in, um, leaving the reviews, sharing the podcast, and just hanging out with me for a few minutes of your day. And I will talk to you all um, in next week's episode. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Empowered Radio. If you enjoyed the episode or found a value in it, could you do me two quick favors? One, take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tag me in it so I can say thanks. And two, could you subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star rating and review in iTunes? It would mean the world to me. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode.